the moment I decided to sit in the energy of abundance versus sitting in the energy of lack, I think what's fascinating about this question and a part of the conversation we don't always have is like usually, you know, underneath the things where we feel stuck, mm-hmm. where something like our heart really wants to do, but our head has a hard time showing up to be able to get us to do the thing. Usually underneath it, there's this book called Immunity to Change, which is a fascinating framework that basically talks about usually when you feel stuck in those moments, there's some big assumption, big belief that you hold that is actually creating an immunity to the change in which you want to create. Oh, that's good. I'm going to have to get that book. You're listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnielle J. Harmon. If you're ready for high-level conversations that position and prepare you to move your company, cash flow and connection to and beyond the million-dollar mark, let's get this party started. This episode is powered by the Move to Millions Events Accelerator. Listen to me, don't you dare plan a live event experience without access to this powerful course and or coaching program. Learn more today at ProfitFromLiveEvents.com. I have such an amazing treat for you. I am just so, I'm happy for you. This conversation that you are about to be privy to and bear witness to is going to shift the trajectory of your life. I know, I know I say that every single week and don't I mean it every single week? Isn't every conversation I present to you amazing? Doesn't it get you thinking differently and seeing yourself differently and shifting the way that you show up inside of your business? Listen, the move to millions will be yours as you continue to download and unpack those beliefs that have not served you. My guest today, Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas, is the CEO and founder of Get Launch Consulting. Actually, she just changed the name of her company to the EJT Education Group, a business development company on a mission to shift the power dynamics in education and disrupt the racial gap by providing high-performance educators from marginalized backgrounds with the tools to grow a six-figure education consulting business. Dr. Erica's career in education began as a high school math teacher in Charlotte, North Carolina. She went on to serve as assistant principal and principal. Under her leadership as principal, her school grew to be ranked number two out of 43 middle schools in the district for their growth in English language arts and number three in the district for their growth in science. Dr. Erica is a native of Columbus, Ohio, and proud alumna of the Ohio State University with a bachelor's in textiles and clothing. She holds a master's degree in instructional leadership from Relay Graduate School of Education and a doctorate in education leadership from Harvard Graduate School of Education. The girl is bad to the bone. You are about to get your whole life in this powerful powerful conversation. I want you to remember the point at which you were sitting at the intersection of lack and abundance. Grab pen and paper and let's jump into my conversation with Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas. Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas, welcome to the Move to Millions podcast. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. Yeah, we were talking, you guys, you're just 
joining us because we just started the recording, but we were talking a little bit before and I'm not going to steal the thunder of when we announce it, but Dr. Erica, I'm just, I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited for the woman that she is, the CEO. She's becoming the leader that she's always been and just digging into all of that. So why don't you just take a quick moment and tell everybody who you are in your own words? Sure. So I, at my core, I am an educator. And so I am a former high school math teacher. I am a former school principal. And I am currently today a full-time entrepreneur in my business. And so I am CEO of EJT Education Group, where we help educators of color grow six-figure education consulting businesses to build their wealth as well as disrupt the racial wealth gap. I love all of that. And I love it because I don't I don't know if I knew you were a math teacher. It makes sense now, yes. though, when I think about <laughs> some of the things that, that you know, who you are and, and the way you process information. So that entirely makes sense. How long were you a principal before you decided to become an entrepreneur? You know what? That's a great question. So I, my school leadership journey in total was seven years. I had a residency principalship where I kind of like studied under principal for a year um, and supported them in leading towards their vision. I was an assistant principal for three years and then became principal of the same school for three years. And so what's interesting is that my business was really birthed out of a season of transition. I kind of stumbled into entrepreneurship. I know that kind of sounds cliche, but the reality is, is that I was already exercising entrepreneurship where all the skill sets of, you know, creating things and setting a vision and driving direction. Like I was already doing that as a teacher, as a principal, I was just doing it in an existing organization. And then when there were some environmental things that just shifted and and were changing and you actually said something to me a while back that I think it perfectly describes what was happening at that time when I look back on it is you told me that disruption always precedes transformation. Mm, I said that. So, oh, I'm deep. You did. You did. And when you said it, I was like, because it was another season of disruption that I felt like I was in. And then you said that. I was like, okay, well, let me get ready for this transformation that's coming. But at that time, it was, and when I look back on my life, this is this has most certainly been the pattern, is when I've experienced some type of disruption, it is actually God's way of actually pivoting me to the next thing. And at that time, I so deeply loved being a principal that in order for me to leave, it was going to take some type of disruption. And so I experienced a disruption at Mm -hmm. things that were outside of my control happening, you know, decisions being made about my school and community to where I was like, man, I really want to stay, but I don't think I can stay. And that's where the birthing of my business happened, where I was like, you know what, let me start a consulting business so I can figure out what's next. And that was five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of my origin story. I love, and I love that because I think about that in every area of life. Like I, you know, like you just said a minute ago, something was going to have to happen for me to leave. Cause I really loved it. Like, I mean, I can think about relationships, right? <laughs> well, I was with the dude and, mm. you know, loved him to pieces as terrible as he may have been. And I'm like, I'm just not going to leave unless you create a disruption, God. And I love that you just said that it's an indication that God is moving you higher. Because even when I think about my first ex-fiance and those of you who are OG listeners, y'all already know your girl that got four rings, married the final one. But um, the first ex-fiance, we were at that pivotal crossroad and the disrupt, I should have left his, you know, 
his ass. I should have left his ass. Y'all know I don't normally cuss, but I just felt like I need to say that. But I didn't. I didn't go. And God had to snatch me out of harm's way. I think, you know, when I think about salvation, you know, believers, Christians talk a lot about being saved. And for me, salvation means God snatches you out of harm's way. And even as I think about disruption, often God is snatching you out of harm's way. I I had to reach out to one of my good girlfriends this morning to ask her for the scripture because I knew it was in the word, but I could not find it on my own. But it was it, it was about there being an open door and there being lots of opposition. Mm. And when there is an open door, when there is an opportunity to go to your next level, opposition will rise up. And I know like personally in my own journey right now, that's what I'm feeling, right? As we're continuing to progress towards eight figures, $10 million, I'm feeling pressed on every side. Mm. And, and I know that that sometimes happens. So hearing you share about that in your own story and what made you finally release your principalship and come into entrepreneurship, I totally get it because I've certainly been there as well. When you started the consultancy, like, did you, because you were like, I'm looking for, I'm waiting for what's next. Did you ever fathom that it would turn into what is now your million dollar company? Oh my God, no. (laughs) Like, no (laughs) at all. Because so, So I started my business in October of 2017, and I knew that was going to be my final year as a principal because of the changes that were happening at the district level, they were planning to implement them the following school year. So I kind of had almost like a a runway of a a school year Mm -hmm. to really be able to figure out my next move. And I just knew that even though my heart wanted me to stay, that God was pulling me in another direction Mm -hmm. um, because of all these environmental shifts and this disruption that was happening. So I said, you know what? I don't know what's next for me. This is the first, I I set lots of goals in my life and actually Mm -hmm. randomly every goal that I've set has not happened Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of all this disruption that's happening and all these, you know, different directions that God is pulling my life. But I said, you know what? I'm going to start my consulting business and this will either help me figure out what's next Mm -hmm. or it'll, and, or it'll help financially sustain me until I figure it out. And my consulting business was something that I was like, well, I'm going to take my, my existing gifts and talents and things that I already love to do and do them through my consulting business. And so I loved coaching and developing leaders. So through my consulting business, I was coaching and developing principals and working with Mm -hmm. school districts. And that was in October 2017, at the same time, I was like, you know what? Let me also apply to go back to school because there's one program that I found that felt like it was perfect for me. And I didn't apply to any other program. And the catch was that it was at Harvard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, if I get in, I'm going to have to quit my job, which means I'm going to have to be able to provide for myself. Yeah. Because I'm not 19 years old anymore, like Mm -hmm. in undergrad, like I'm now a grown woman going back to school. And so I started my consulting business October 2017. That was the same time that I had applied to this doctoral program. I had found out February that I had got in. Mm -hmm. And that June is when I moved to Cambridge, Massachusetts. So in that roughly eight months that I had started my education consulting business, I had paid off about $15,000 of credit card debt, Mm -hmm. and I had established three months of savings to where I could go back to school. And the only, I sold my car, 
The only mm-hmm. bill I had was my cell phone bill. <laughs> and <Nice>. so like <laughs> as someone, as an educator who, you know, my first year of teaching, I was paid $33,000 as a principal. I worked in the the state that at the time was ranked 50 out of 50 for lowest pay for principals. Like I was used to financially struggling mm-hmm. and this myth that, oh, we don't get into the profession for money. Mm-hmm. So like I had created this false narrative that as long as I was doing good, like that I could sacrifice my my financial freedom because I was serving people. Mm. And when my consulting business showed me this other reality of, wait, I can still do the same thing and get paid. Like I don't have to choose, like they can mm-hmm. both coexist. And so that was really the the beginning. And even then five years ago, I had no idea that what my business is today would have would have like this would have been the pathway. Yeah, so good. You wrote down so many things that I just want to pull on for a second. And what I love is I know some of the people who are listening are already entrepreneurs, right? But we also have some entrepreneurs. They're working full time. They haven't, you know, made a start, whatever the reason. And I love that you shared some practical strategy, right? I paid off $15,000 in credit card debt, whatever your debt is, focusing on paying it all and established three months worth of savings, which I think is really phenomenal. I even love this because I know that there are so many other people who feel the same way that they are used to financially struggling. I think I used to be used to financially struggling. Like when you said that, it really struck a chord with me because I'm sure that there was a time in my life where that was okay. Like I liken it to Again, I'm, and I'm going to pick on Christians. I'm going to pick on those of us who are believers that are hard rooted in the church, right? And I always say church principles only work in church, but God's principles really work anywhere. And we were taught, I was taught, let me make it about me. I was taught that I was supposed to struggle because I was, I was supposed to struggle like Jesus struggled, which that is actually not the truth. The truth is you don't have to struggle because Jesus did, but How many of us that are entrepreneurs today were used to financially struggling? So when we come into these businesses with these whack statistics of, you know, the average black woman owned business doing $28,000 a year with the, you know, 65.22% of businesses not exceeding $50,000 a year, 89.19% of businesses not doing $100,000 a year. How many of those might be used to financially struggling, right? And then Mm -hmm. this other statement that you made, You said, as long as I was doing good, you didn't put your fingers in the air quotes, but I'm going to put them in the air quotes. You said, I could sacrifice, I would be willing to sacrifice my financial freedom. And I just want to celebrate you that you don't believe either of those anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That you now hold the belief that you can have access to whatever it is that you desire and you show up fully to bring that into your life experience. Let's talk about that for a minute. Like, how did you go from this financially struggling, scarcity, lack mindset and proud of it? I mean, you staked your whole career on it. Mm-hmm. Working in the, what did you say? The the district or the, the state that had the least paid principals? Like, so you staked your whole life on the financial struggle to now five years into your business, crossing the million dollar mark taking luxury trips to like the Maldives and whatnot. (laughs) Like talk to us, how did that journey ensue? What happened to create this pathway for you to start to believe something different? Yeah, that's such a great question. So two things come up for me. The first thing is 
that I had to unpack my beliefs around money. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, you know, as I, I, people will say like, you know, all of your beliefs will come, you can stem back to like family of origin of like mm-hmm. we, and I know you talk about this a lot around like the conscious, the subconscious mm-hmm. of like what Inner are seven year old. Yeah. Yes. What are the things that you were directly or indirectly told about money growing up? And so for me, I grew up with two well-educated parents who were, who grew up in the deep South. Mm-hmm. And so my mother was a first generation college student. My parents, they divorced when I was in second grade. So what I saw of the relationship of money that was really indirect messages that we were, that we were being sent mm-hmm. was in order to make more money, you had to save money. Mm-hmm. And so I have vivid memories you know, shopping at the thrift store growing up. I had, I remember one moment, it was Easter and I was so mad that my mom would not get me a new Easter dress. And she was like, your dress from last year fit. Mm. So we ain't going to get no new Easter dress if last year's dress still fit. And I just remember like being so mad at the fact of like, but I want a new pastel, like ruffly dress. Right. But that was, that was the, the narrative is that, if, if, if it still works, if it still fits, you ride the thing until the wheels fall off. Mm. And my, my, my dad reinforced that message because my dad was extremely frugal mm-hmm. where my dad, I kid you not, I'm in middle school. So this is like the early mid nineties. And my dad had a old Scooby-Doo Toyota van. Like literally <laughs> if you were to Google the Scooby-Doo van, like that is the right. van my dad drove and he had blinds, not in the house, in the oh, van. Wow. There were blinds on the inside of the van. And when I tell you, he literally rode that car until the wheels fall off of like, he rode it until it broke down on the freeway. And then wow. that's when he, like, we were in the car and it broke down and we couldn't go anywhere. And then that's when he got <laughs> a new car. So the messages that I received is that you new things only come when the old thing no longer works. Oh, okay. We're going to stop right there. We got to take a break, but I want to pull on that. So hold on. Let me write that down. New things only come when the old thing breaks. Mm -hmm. Only come. Okay. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Y'all we about to take a break. We'll be right back. Have you ever questioned how some entrepreneurs scale quickly from six to seven figures or more and why you're not experiencing the same? It's because they understand the life-changing formula, the mindset, alignment, and methodology that is needed to grow, scale, and profit massively. It's about having access to the right framework that works specifically for you and your business. And it's not about hustling and grinding. It's about taking consistent action on the right strategies with the right success to fast track your growth while you save time and money. Spend three days with me at Move to Millions Live 2023 happening May 24th through the 26th in the Washington DC area. Our 2023 theme is sought after. When you spend these three days with me, you'll learn proven strategies step-by-step so that you're ready to make move and leave millions. Grab your ticket today at movetomillionsevent.com.
You're listening to the Move to Millions podcast. I am here with our guest today, Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas. And we've been having a great conversation. And just before the break, she says something that I think many of us can identify with, and it hinders us to make the move to millions. She said, she's telling a story about her upbringing and, and some of the indirect messages that she learned about money that flowered this struggle the financial struggle mentality that she lived, that she, you know, would probably would have cut her and it would have like come out of her. Like just, it was ingrained in her, basically what I'm trying to say. She said, new things only come when old things break. And she was telling the story about her dad and his Scooby-Doo van that broke down on the highway. And that was when he got a new car. How did a lesson like that, uh, like you caught it and you were taught it, Right. How does right. something like that impact your journey into adulthood before you realize that there was a different way to think? So it's interesting because I vividly remember like this sounds a little dramatic, but it was like this moment of enlightening where like it clicked and I realized, oh, that was the message that I was indirectly taught. Mm-hmm. And then I remember looking up and I was in a little grad school apartment in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I remember looking up and seeing all the things mm-hmm. that I still had that were old. Mm-hmm. And I could, I'm at a point now in my life where I can afford new things, but I had old Ikea dishes from years ago. Mm-hmm. I had even, even the the choice of what I wore to bed. I'm still wearing this old college basketball shirt or ba- uh, old college shirt and basketball shorts. Like mm-hmm. just things where I was subconsciously operating from this place of if it if it's not broke, mm-hmm. then you don't need anything new. And how that was showing up in in my entrepreneurship journey is I was creating an environment of scarcity. So like I was sitting in energy of scarcity mm-hmm. that it's hard to set bold, profitable pricing when you are sitting in an energy of scarcity. It is hard to say your pricing with your chest mm-hmm. that has a comma when you go to bed in an old college shirt and some basketball shirt. Like it's this tension in the energy of what you want to be true in your business Versus what you're actually sitting in and your environment is reflecting back to you what you truly deserve. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I realized that I have got to shift my environment to create an environment that's sending messages to me that I deserve the, the next love. I've got to be able to create experiences that reflect back the energy to me that I deserve the vision that I have for my business. And I think I may have shared this with you before is one of the reasons why I'm committed to taking luxury trips is because I actually make more money when I have those experiences because mm-hmm. I'm intentionally putting myself in an abundant energy that it's it's almost positive reinforcement mm-hmm. where it's like, if I have this experience and it's now exposing me to all the possibilities, I'm going to be thinking to myself, how can I recreate these types of experiences for myself. So that was the first thing of really shifting my energy. It's really seeing energetically the ways in which I was actually creating tension and being able to move to the next level of my money is how I was actually physically setting up my environment. Hold on. I want to stop there, Dr. Erica, because for you now it's commonplace, right? It's it, you've realized it and now you've 
you've shifted your own paradigm by creating these environments that now speak to the luxury that you know that you are worthy to experience. But somebody listening right now ain't there yet. And so I want to pull on it a little bit so that I believe that success leaves clues. And I also believe exposure creates expansion. And so because of that, we have to, we got to like kind of dig in a little bit so that they can understand it. So let me just pull back on what I heard you say. I was taking notes and I love the the visual that I think this is going to create for our listeners of sitting in the energy of, right? And in this particular instance, you were talking about scarcity, but we could apply the same exact process, the same exact visual to sitting in the energy of luxury, of sitting in the energy of wealth, of sitting in the energy of worthiness, of sitting in the energy of dessert. Like what the energy that you sit in is what I'm taking away from what you said is what determines what comes into your life experience. So where do you want to sit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I love about realizing the Ikea dishes and the old night shirt and the things. And I, as you were saying that a story came back to me that I still multimillionaire got more money than I can give, spend, invest and save. And I still We'll tell my husband, but I don't need that because I still think back to six year, six year old Danielle that got popped by her mom in the grocery store for trying to get something that we didn't need. And the message was money is for what you need. And I still like have the luxurious things. We just came back from a five star resort in Mexico. Amazing experience. And that's how we do. We fly first. class. I don't even coach is not even available to me. I will take another flight if I can't get a first class ticket and I don't wait to be upgraded. I buy the first class ticket. And it's, it's because I decided, like you said so eloquently, and I just want to make sure our listeners get it too. I decided to sit in the energy of abundance of wealth of deserve level. Like I decided to sit there And so I need you, if you can recall, like what was the moment that you decided to sit in the energy of abundance instead of continuing to sit in the energy of lack? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. The moment I decided to sit in the energy of abundance versus sitting in the energy of lack. I think what's fascinating about this question and a part of the conversation we don't always have is like usually, you know, underneath the things where we feel stuck, mm-hmm. where something like our heart really wants to do, but our head has a hard time showing up to be able to get us to do the thing. Usually underneath it, there's this book called Immunity to Change, which is a fascinating framework that basically talks about usually when you feel stuck in those moments, there's some big assumption, big belief that you hold that is actually creating an immunity to the change in which mm. you want to create. Oh, that's yourself. good. I'm going to have to get that book. And so to your question of what was the moment that caused me to sit in the the luxury energy versus the scarcity energy, it was first, I had to get really clear on what were my big assumptions that, and you talk about this with the subconscious Mm seven-year-old, it's like each of us hold some type of big assumption about money, about everything Mm -hmm. that is always at play. And you also talk about this with money blocks of like, if I believe that more money is going to create a burden, 
If I believe that more money is going to create rejection, if I believe more money is going to create more problems for me, mm -hmm. then I am always going to be creating this, this unconscious tension and battle with right. sitting in, in luxury. And so right. for me, you're going to be repelling money. Exactly. Yeah. And so for me, it was first, it was like this level of, of intentional thought and reflection of what were the messages that I learned about money? And then once I, I could put words to those messages, then it was asking, okay, how am I consciously or unconsciously perpetuating those messages today? And that's around me like naming what are my assumptions about money that I'm operating from that are getting in my way. And then the next step is, okay, let me run small little experiments in the book community to change. They call them tests. Mm -hmm. where you identify yourself for yourself, what are the small safe tests that you can run that can give you more data to actually mm -hmm. help show yourself that what you believe is not actually true a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. So for example, I don't believe this fully anymore, but at one point I was, I was afraid to make big money moves or big money decisions because I was like, well, what if I lose all the money? Mm-hmm. And so, and it would even be something as, as small as going to a really nice restaurant mm -hmm. and, and buying the appetizer, getting the, the 50 plus dollar entree with the dessert. And now you have a bill that with cocktails, so now your bill might be $200. Right. I was like, let me just run a test that I can treat myself to a nice fancy dinner mm -hmm. and that all my money doesn't go away. Mm, <laughs> like, that's let, me so prove, good. let me prove to myself that I can have these nice experiences and a, all of my money doesn't go away. B, I don't become like this, this uppity snobby person simply because I went to a nice restaurant that see if I happen to post it on my IG stories that the whole world doesn't become a troll and ask me, who am I? Who, who are you? to be doing this. So it's like running these little tests and like mm -hmm. the test started as small as like dinner at, at a really nice restaurant. Mm -hmm. Then the test was like going to a four or five star hotel domestically. And then the next test, you know, the test increased over time right. to where with each experience, it was like, not only are the beliefs that I think about money that are impeding my ability to move forward with money, actually not always a hundred percent true, mm -hmm. but there's actually another belief that I can hold and step into that actually better serves me. Ooh. So what if I believe that like by me having these really nice experiences that might cost more, mm -hmm. what if I believe that actually the more that I create that for myself, it actually makes me a better person and makes me a better entrepreneur because now I am, am recharging. Let me tell you the level of service at a five-star hotel. It's different. It's different. Yeah. It's totally so different. I'm actually a better person because I am, I'm allowing myself to be taken care of right. by other people when I'm engaging in these experiences that I actually leave more rested, more recharged, believing higher things about myself. And guess what happens? I actually make more money. So the yeah. money I thought I would lose by spending on actually now two, three X it because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm putting myself in these types of experiences. I love all of that. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to continue this conversation. We'll be right back. 
Want to know what it's like to work with me and the incredible Factor University coaching team? You can get started today with the Move to Millions 90-Day Business Growth Planner. 90 days at a time, you'll be setting your business on a trajectory that will make the Move to Millions happen much faster for you. It's got everything that you need to track every strategy, every sale, all of your KPIs, as well as your self-care and life transformational needs. We made sure we left nothing out of this amazing planner. And by accessing the planner, you'll get a behind the scenes view of what it's like to work with me and my team. Go grab yours today at movetomillionsplanner.com. Welcome back to the Move to Billions podcast. My guest today is Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas. There are so many stinking amazing things that she has said, just really unpacking her story for us. We've been talking about money. I mean, don't we? Doesn't it feel like we almost always talk about money? You guys know the reason I like to talk about money is because we have to normalize it. And what Dr. Erica was just expressing prior to us going to this last break is that she's developed these experiments, these tests based on the book, The Immunity to Change, that have allowed her to actually shift the way she sees herself, the way she sees money and what money actually means after catching so many lessons indirectly and directly from her parents that flowered her professional career at the onset. Today, as an entrepreneur running her own company, full-time employees, all the things that go along with that, this new definition, this new way of seeing herself, this sitting in the energy of deserving and abundance and luxury instead of sitting in the energy of scarcity and lack has really made an immense difference it's in the way that she gets to show up and more than that dr erica and the way that you get to show up for your clients so talk to us i mean you touched on it a smidge but i know you're extremely passionate about the work that it is that you do especially for educators of color talk a little bit about that you know get as impassioned as you like i know i know the passion you hold when we start to talk about our people and and especially some of the things that you have now come into an awareness of and the desire to pass them on so tell us a little bit more about your consulting firm the work that you do and why the work that you've done on yourself around money helps you to be a better leader and mentor for those that you get to serve through your business? Yes. So part of the work that we do in our company is helping educators of color grow six-figure education consulting businesses. You know, that's like the elevator pitch. Like we help educators of color grow six-figure education consulting businesses. And like when I have a couple more minutes to tell people, like really what we do, I'm like, but actually underneath that, like the purpose of what we do is is we actually help educators of color reach their fullest financial potential. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I believe that is so revolutionary is I believe that when educators get free, they create freedom for other people. Mm, that's good. And I think that's also a part of like our, the previous conversation we were just having of like how to reframe. Cause I think I believe oppression makes the tools of freedom taboo. Mm-hmm. I believe that money is a source of power. I believe that money is a tool of power. And we are so used to money being used as a tool for power over mm-hmm. that we don't even consider the possibility of what does it look like for money to be a tool of power with mm-hmm. that because 
I have accumulated wealth because I have reached financial stability. What is that actually, how does that position me to have an even greater impact? Mm-hmm. Whether it is create scholarships, whether it's to create a foundation, whether it is to buy investment properties and to create generational wealth for my family and then to break the cycle of having to struggle right. where it's, we're not getting it out the mud anymore. <laughs> like, right. like that should not be like, like the normalized experience that we have. And so a part of the work that we do is really around, I would never want there to be another pandemic. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic happened and now we were trying to figure out how do we deploy technology, the number of kids in this country who don't have access to Wi-Fi. We were having to turn to organizations and corporations outside of education for support. I'm like, what would it look like to have a group of educators just ready to cut the check? Right. Like that's, if I can trust anybody with multi-millions, it would be an educator because they've seen on, they've been on the front lines to be able to see the intersection of all the issues that happen in our society through our kids of transportation, through homelessness, through through food insecurity. Like they've seen all that. They've been positioned for impact. And so part of the work that we do is really around how do we respect the expertise mm-hmm. and we respect the experience of those who have been on the front lines of this country, educating our kids and serving our community, how do we respect them so much that we elevate their expertise and put them at decision-making tables and we adequately pay them for their expertise. That's the work that we do. And it just so happens that we focus on serving educators of color and the majority of my clients are black women, which I don't think is a coincidence because obviously I identify. And I think to the second part of your question of how do these experiences that I'm having of of ease, of luxury, like how does that actually position me to be an even better entrepreneur, to be an an even better, you know, coach to to my clients is the Maldives experience that I had a few months ago. Obviously, the Maldives is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And for me, what made that experience almost a little emotional for me was as a Black woman, I experienced the highest level of service. Like someone whose job was to serve me, mm-hmm. where like their priority every single day was to make sure I was good. Yeah. And even to the smallest of details, the number of hot lavender towels mm-hmm. I received like during the day was an experience that I realized how much it is not normalized for Black women to feel served, to feel nurtured. And now that I've experienced this, I have a vision of what it could potentially look like that I could replicate in my business. So I don't know what event we're going to have hot lavender towels, but I'm (laughs) like, like, I want this I want us to to normalize that versus normalize the box lunches and normalize right. the like you can't take a PTO day because what are other people are gonna think? Like, like that's what I want to kind of recreate and recenter for our clients to be able to create a a vision of luxury and ease. I love that. And I, I think the reason why I love that, if I take back what you said and tweak it a smidge, you said when educators get freed, they create freedom for others. 
But I want to take it one step further. And I want to say, or maybe I just want to deepen it. When educators get free, they create freedom for our children. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Whitney said it. I believe the children are the future. Teach them well and let them lead the way, right? Show Mm -hmm. them all the beauty they possess inside. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like when you said earlier, and I and I felt it too, and you were like, if you want to give anybody multiple millions of dollars, give it to educators because their hearts are really for our babies. And our babies are the ones who ha- will put us in a position to shift the trajectory financially in any, in every, in any possible way, that trajectory of shift will happen when we teach our children. That's why I talk about the inner seven-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. especially for those of us who haven't had kids yet. So we haven't had kids that we've already corrupted, <laughs> right? I think our parents, I say this a lot, y'all know, y'all know this, our OG listeners, they, our parents did the best that they could with what they had, right. but their best was not the best. And those of us who are awakened, we're conscious. We're sitting in the seat of luxury over sitting in the seat of scarcity. We have a responsibility to teach our children that responsibly, giving them financial literacy so that they understand the abundance so that we really can change the way that this this country, this world, this planet operates around money. I think that, you know, the beauty of being an educator, and I, I would liken myself to be an educator. I say all the time that I would have been a teacher if they made more money. Like I was clear, like I was broke as a joke, as a child. And I was like, that is not going to be my life. And there's no way in the world. And so I was I was going to law school initially just because I knew lawyers made a lot of money and I didn't end up going, right? I went to corporate America instead. And eventually I came into entrepreneurship and I am an educator. I love teaching. It's probably the thing I love the most about all that it is that I do. And I could do it all day long and twice on Sunday. And it's because of what you just said. When educators get free, they can create freedom for other people. And I know for me, similarly, you know, when I first started this company, 27, 20, 2007, my clients did not look like us. And it was, I think it was a function of where I was, you know, where I was showing up. I was showing up at national conferences and by and large, we don't attend national conferences, right? Or at least we weren't attending the national conferences that I was attending, And so the people who would decide to raise their hand, they didn't look like us. And I will continue to work with whomever is sent to me, right? You know, I haven't made this the set aside that you have that's been a specification that these are the people that I work with, but I do hold a tremendous amount of joy for working with Black women and helping Black women build their businesses. Like, you know, we've helped 32 (laughs) now, businesses go to the million dollar mark. And of those 32, only five of them are not men. So 27 black women, no white women, black women have become million dollar CEOs as a result of our work. And I do hold that with a tremendous amount of pride because I know that that ripple effect that happens, right? If if we, you and I, Dr. Erica, if we do our jobs right and we teach our clients about shifting their paradigm to start sitting in that that seat of luxury and abundance and worthiness and deserve level and high end pricing and you know running mm-hmm. a business all of those seats that we need to give them the the ability to sit in the energy of if we do that we we will feed nations 
we like, it's just, I have chills right now because I'm thinking about it. When a woman earns more, the planet shakes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've never said that before, but like, I love, like when a woman owns, earns more, the planet shakes. And so we have this amazing opportunity. I, I would like to consider it an opportunity and not an obligation to teach women how to sit in the seat of luxury, how to okay. sit in the seat of abundance. And yeah, and, and when we do, we just, we change everything. It, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just get warm and fuzzy just thinking about what's possible as you continue to deepen your impact on the planet. I mean, you've done some tremendous work already. What, 400 educators mm-hmm. or so, so far? Yeah, like, I mean, that's pretty powerful in a short window of time in the grand scheme of things, right? The average business doesn't even make it to five years. And so in five years to help to have helped hundreds of people through your work, as well as to see your own evolution continue to evolve is pretty powerful. So the one thing I didn't tell you guys is I didn't tell you that Dr. Erica is a client. She's currently enrolled in our Move to Millions Mastermind in her second year. And I just want to, I want to give you the opportunity, Dr. Erica, just to talk about your experience in, in working together, the difference that being in, in inside of this work with us as a coaching team has made in your business. Like, let's just talk about that for a few minutes. But, but I do want to, I want to talk about that, but I want to also give you the opportunity if there's anything else you want to say about what I just said to do that first, and then we can kind of shift gears. Yeah. So one last thought related to what you were just saying, and then I'm excited to be able to share more around the reality of our relationship and our work, because I think it's so unique and it's not common in the coaching space. So I'm excited to talk about that. One thought that came up for me, and you had said this at the beginning of our conversation, is the number of distractions that are in place mm-hmm. When freedom, when you're at the precipice of freedom, like like the number of distractions that will begin moving and become come to the surface, I don't think is a coincidence. And the reason why that came up for me is because I think this conversation that we were having around the intersection of money and wealth and women and the intersection of money, wealth and black women, that just being able to name in this conversation that there are certain forces and distractions that are intentional to keep women and black women from wealth. And so back to, you know, the impact of educators, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that people continue to say, we didn't get into this profession for money about educators, but they don't say that about doctors and they don't say that about lawyers. And I don't think it's a coincidence that education is overwhelmingly a field of women. And so in comparison to the medical field and comparison to the legal field, but for some reason, and I'm using air quotes, some reason we we have an overemphasis on servant leadership with educators. And my opinion is, is because of how overwhelmingly our profession is of women. And so I just named that of like a lot of the messages that, that we have to move past that we might have internalized, that we might have have normalized around, well, I didn't get in this for the money or as long as I'm doing good or as long as I impact one person, like those are actually the distractions that are put in place to keep you from playing bigger and from building your wealth as you were playing. So that was just the last thought there. But 
our work together, I am intentionally talking slow because I'm trying not to get emotional when I talk about our work. Because the reason why I'm like tempted to get emotional when we talk about our work is because going back to the big assumption conversation that we were having, one of my big assumptions is that people are untrustworthy. <laughs> like through through a lot of my own personal experience, my childhood trauma, like I got trust issues. Right. Yeah. And and I've I've rightful trust issues, right? Like like they're they come from a place and from an experience. And our relationship has really proved the, it's proved to me that I can trust. Mm -hmm. It proves to me that there is a gift in being able to open up my space and my heart for someone to be able to authentically like support me. And I say that because there's a couple of things that I think are evidence of that, but I want to go back to like how I first came to know you. Mm-hmm. which was, I feel like it was in Clubhouse. And I feel like I just heard you say a six-figure business is small business poverty. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my edges are being pulled in this moment. And I had just never, that was my first time engaging with a an entrepreneur who identifies as a Black woman and is speaking that boldly about money speaking from a bold vision of wealth i was just i was just taken back but also like oh my gosh like i want to get more proximate to this <laughs> like this is not normalized but i want it to be normalized so like i just want to i just want to be in more in her her ethos and just be able to be proximate and so ended up making the decision to be able to invest in you as my coach and Immediately in making that experience and making that investment, my mindset has been stretched in so many beautiful ways. Like when we talk about this money mindset journey, it is an unending journey and it'll come up when you set your prices. It'll come up when you're trying to raise your prices. It'll come up when you're hiring. It'll come up when you talk in tax strategy. It'll come up when you're thinking about how to build your team. Like it comes up all the time. All the time at every level. And there have been very definitive moments where my fear, I I was tempted to make decisions out of fear Mm -hmm. and you stretched me to, to make decisions that were out of the best interest of my business Mm. because fear and, and wealth don't always coexist. Right. (laughs) It coexists and you forced me to make space for the big things. And so this past year, I've done so many scary things in my business that I don't think it's a coincidence that the year that I've been pushed and stretched to do scary things in my business is the year that I crossed the million dollar mark. I don't think that's a coincidence. And I know that that has come from being in in proximity to you, proximity to your vision, proximity to, to your faith. That has had such a tremendous impact on me that, and the ways in which you show up as a coach to where it's like, you've shown up in ways I wouldn't expect someone to show. I was like, how does she know I'm sitting here catastrophizing the whole world? And she reached out to me like, you good? And I'm like, oh, actually I'm not. And so thank you for reaching out. So 
there's so many things that I could I could name, but I'm just so incredibly grateful for you because you're the reason why I have made big bets. And those big bets is what has crossed us over to the seven figure mark. Awesome. I love all of that. And thank you so much. Like I, you know, I continue to be enamored is the word I'm going to use enamored with God and the women that he sends to me. And I mean, I still remember when you, when you came into my, I think I might've come into your orbit before you came into mine, but when you came into my orbit and I'm like checking you out, I'm like, this girl is like bad to the bone and she wants to come into my space. And it's, and it, it just feels good. Right. I think for me as a woman, first and foremost, as a, as a coach, as a mentor, as a, whatever you want to call me, even though, you know, most people wouldn't call me any of those things. Right. Like my impetus is to transform. Like, I don't want anyone to come into my space and leave it differently. You know, regardless of all of the other pieces, like that is something that is really important to me. And I'm extremely intentional about that. And so to even hear you verbalize that, like that just, you know, it feels really, really good. And I know when I met you, you were already multiple six figures doing well by all accounts, right? Depending upon who you would ask, you were doing very, very well. What have been some of the biggest things that have happened strategically, tactically for your business this year as a result of our work together? Oh, so three quick ones. The first one, so I think what I appreciate about you and your team the most is you do not separate who we are as people and as spiritual beings from our entrepreneurship journey. Mm -hmm. And so- Last January, so this was like a year ago, we were you were hosting a client retreat and I had a number of breakthroughs during that retreat. Mm-hmm. One of them being realizing that the quite frankly the relationship I was in at the time was was causing me to shrink. And so what was I going to do about that? <laughs> right? And having that realization and having the courage to be aware of that and the courage to make a decision around that. Mm-hmm. And because I own that, I feel so much more expansive because I am i don't have a force of shrink. I'm not surrounding myself by a force of shrinking. And the second thing is when I started working with you about, because it was October, 2021, mm-hmm. when we started working together at that time, I had myself, I had a full-time executive assistant and an online business manager who was supporting me maybe like 50, 60 hours a month. And I I knew I needed to hire coaches. And I was like, you know what? I'm scared AF Mm -hmm. to hire a coach. So let me hire one coach at 10 hours a week Mm -hmm. and then we'll go from there. And I remember like processing and talking through this with you on a call. And your response to me was, God is going to bring the rain. And he said, you need to prepare for rain. Mm-hmm. He will not bring the rain if you are not prepared. And so in this circumstance and scenario is preparing for rain, having a coach at 10 hours a week. Right. That's and I was like, okay, read me without saying you're reading me. Okay. Got it. And <laughs> so well, I, like, <laughs> and I mean, if you were right. Right. And you said so clearly to me, and I think this is what makes you different from other coaches is, Like, you know me as an entrepreneur, you know my vision that you were able to speak directly and says, Erica, I know the level of service delivery that you want for your clients. You are going to outgrow that coach at 10 hours a week so quickly. Mm -hmm. Like you are getting ready to 
build a house that's too small for your vision. Mm. Like, oh, like that's, that's essentially oh. what you were telling me is like you trying to build a little one 10, 10 bedroom house when your vision is like a mansion. And so like, so to hire that little coach at 10 hours a week, given the vision that you have, you are creating an unnecessary roadblock that you're then going to have to fix again. Mm-hmm. So why not just do the thing now? And what for me meant doing the thing now was hiring not one, but two coaches mm-hmm. and not at 10 hours a week, but we started for both of them part-time at 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And then the vision though, was that at least one of them were going to be full-time mm-hmm. and that's where we are now. And now we're talking about hiring two more coaches this year. And so a part that is a, a, one of the clearest examples of how you have pushed me to think bigger Mm-hmm. You've pushed me to think, and you say this all the time, to to think from your vantage point, not your, you know, your you vision. Think from your vision point, not your vantage point. Not from your vantage point mm-hmm. of like forcing Erica, what do you want to be true for your business? That's where you plan from today. Mm-hmm. So if you want a multi-million dollar business, you got to build a multi-million. It doesn't, you don't build the team when you get there. Right. <laughs> like you have You're to late. build the team now. Yeah. And so- that was the second one. The third and the final example is it was interesting because I went back at my and looked at my strategic plan from last year, a year ago. And I said, I was going to host a small two-day retreat in 2024. Mm-hmm. That's what I put in my strategic plan. And we know what actually happened this year. Right. And it actually, I made the decision out of uh, your client retreat to go for it this year was to plan a live three-day in-person event in 2023. Mm -hmm. And that was such the best decision for my business that has stretched me in so many beautiful ways that has caused me to think at the level of the CEO that I needed to be. Mm -hmm. And all of that is a direct relationship of being proximate to you and being in relationship with you as my coach. And so um, I'm just so incredibly grateful for you, for your wisdom, for your team, for your vision, for your support, because Everything that I've accomplished in my business in this past year that has been transformative has been a result of of working with you and your team. Yeah, thank you for that. And it's, I think about that too. Like I was talking to someone else, uh, another client, and she was like, yeah, I was going to do a retru- uh, an event in 10 years. Girl, <laughs> no, you are doing an event now. Like I think, you know, and the events, they're such a big catalyst for getting to the mark, right? To getting to the million dollar mark. If that's what you want, if that's the desire, then you need events, right? You know, we're at the time of the recording, not by the time this airs, but by then we'll have a whole coaching program around live events. Move to Millions Events Accelerator will be live by the time this episode plays. And it's because of clients like you, like this is the one function of who I am. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but this is when I know that I'm still playing small, right? Is I'm doing these great works and and people are experiencing massive transformation. And I'm like, ah, only a couple of people need to know about it. Right. Like that's how I felt about events. I'm like, oh, well, I'll create the course. The course will solve the problem. And then I'm like, no, like there's so many people who it's taking them forever to hit this milestone that they could be doing it so much faster if they just understood the power of what happens. And it's, you know, we do it through an event, but it really is just a leveraged sales system. That's what it really is, right? Mm -hmm. The ability to bring on multiple clients at one time versus sprinkling them in or having to go 
ham every month launching. Now, listen, if you want to launch every month, rock on, do your thing. But if that's not the kind of energy you want to expend on a consistent basis and you want to do it differently, then this is kind of where live events come in. You know, our business model for um, umpteen years has been two events a year. And each of those events, if we look at 2022 specifically, the November, December event has produced over 300,000. And I think we'll get to around a half a million by the time we're done doing all of our follow-up and and all of that kind of stuff. But that's, you know, that's at least $1.5 million right there that we now just need to go out and deliver as opposed to going out to hunt for it. So it just makes a difference. If someone were to to reach out to you, whether that's, you know, they slide in your DMs or however they might contact you and they talk about and ask you questions about me, what would you say to them if they were trying to learn what it's like, trying to consider the feasibility about whether or not they should be making an investment in themselves in this way? What would you share with them? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. I, what came into my head is prepare for the next level. Mm. Um, but there's, there's, I feel like there's like a little like piece underneath that. It's like prepare for the things and beliefs that are holding you back to die. Mm. Like, like there are certain things that what you do, yes, is the business strategy, of course. And for most of us, the like, the launch pad mm-hmm. it might be 30, 40% business strategy, but it's really 67% us mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. the things we have to shed, the things that we have to dead within ourselves. And I think that you're such a powerful, powerful mirror mm-hmm. of, of being able to reflect back of our beliefs, our mindsets, you know, who we are to give us the choice of, who do we want to continue to be and creating the container mm-hmm. to grow into who we need to be in order to, to build the businesses that we desire. So yeah, it would be a long DM, but that's what I <laughs> Awesome. And then one last question. They're like, should I, what would you say? Absolutely. Unless you want to lose money. <laughs> like, because the longer you wait, the more money you are losing. These are facts. These are facts. We've had so many people who put it off or made a different decision that eventually come back around. The boomerang always comes back around. Like, you know, one of the things that I'm really clear about is I am an anomaly in the marketplace. There is no one out there like me. I can't even truly compare myself to to anyone. There are people who technically do the same thing that I do, but the space that we hold, the way that we serve the transformation that ensues when people come into our space, it's different. Like it's, and it's, it's different at a soul level, mm-hmm. right? It's not just for what you can accomplish right now in your business. It's what is, it's going to be a defining moment in your life's trajectory, the time that you decided to come and do this work with me and the team. That has been, that's amazing. I thank you for sharing all of that. All right, before I let you go, I do have to ask you our closing questions. They just help us to kind of ground the interview because- more often than not, we don't really talk business. We talked a little business this time, but I think people get the benefit of, of the, hearing the stories and, you know, how did you make the move to millions? How did this work for you? Right. And, and some of the, the things that you contend with during that process. And so 
three final questions. The first, now you did mention the book Immunity to Change. Is there another book that would be pivotal for you to mention as a part of your own move to millions? I would say what comes to mind is the art of the gathering. So Mm. that in addition to, first off, I have never met any other coach that has the like deep bag of content (laughs) that you do. Some of y'all used to these little like fly over two, three lessons, like in a course, (laughs) like this is, Darnell has a vault. Okay, a vault of Netflix content. So I just named that in addition to your event course, this book helped me think through how to create an experience. So that one was really helpful. Nice. Okay. And then what is one quote that really makes a difference for you? Like when you're having one of those days where you're like, I'm giving it up, like, you know, full transparency. I woke up this morning and I was like, I think I'm going to burn my whole business down. (laughs) If I would have reached out to you, what quote would you have said to me to make me put down the matches and go into my office and do some work? So I'm not going to quote the appropriate. It's a scripture. And I'm, okay. I'm I, I'll, give me I'm the gist and I'll you. find it. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm about to tell you the Erica Jordan Thomas James version of okay. the quote. It's in First Thessalonians. It's either chapter three or five, but essentially it says something along the lines is he is faithful and he said he'll do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is and so like literally that's all it says is he is faithful and he will do it. Mm-hmm. I repeat that to myself quite frequently. Gotcha. That's good. I love it. And then lastly, is there a tool that you swear by that has made the difference on your move to millions? Mm, the leverage and scale enrollment events. <laughs> Period. Period it's- with the T. It's good, y'all. Listen, y'all need to stop playing and get it. It's, if you endeavor to do events, like this is a bonus commercial. If you're if you endeavor to hold live events, you need the course in your arsenal. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you just do. When I say, listen, y'all, I'm an educator. Okay, so content and learning is my thing. When I say this thing is soup to nuts, from vision to team to budget to RFP for hotels to how do you present from like everything you need is in that course. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for stopping by the Move to Millions podcast. This has been a treat. You have been a treat to my entire business. So thank you for being. I feel that. I feel all of that. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Take care. It was good, right? Was it good for you? I'm channeling my inner heavy D. Was it good for you? I hope that you love this conversation as much as I did. Dr. Erica, as you now know, is a member of our Move to Millions Mastermind. Um, We've been working together. We're currently in our second year working together. And as she shared, our work has been pivotal in helping her to get her business to the million dollar mark. And for me, it's about so much more than that. Like, I'm excited. I'm so excited to have been part of her journey and helping her to become a million dollar CEO. But what I'm even more excited about is the impact that she makes through her work and how many more educators of color are going to have an opportunity to build businesses that serve them financially and spiritually. Our conversation was rich. 
as I say, when you just by listening, your income is going up, right? And I know you know that as a result of this. I love how she dissected how she went from financially struggling and holding the belief that as long as she was doing good, she could sacrifice her financial freedom to actually starting to sit in the seat of luxury and abundance and giving herself permission to go on those little experiments that she talked about in that book, Immunity to Change. It was powerful. We talked about the difference between luxury energy and scarcity energy and how she goes through the process of dissecting when there's an opportunity to learn and to shift those disruptions that come in and center on the course that God has already decided for her. She said, I can have nice experiences and all of my money doesn't go away and I don't have to become a different person. And then I love this question. This is the question I want you to ask yourself. What if I believe that when I create more money, it actually makes me better? And then my personal favorite, we had a nice little uh, dialogue around this was when educators get freed, they create freedom for others. I changed it to they create freedom for children, our babies, our future is changed because of educators and the role that Dr. Erica is playing in the larger sum total of creating an environment for educators to get paid well for what it is that they do. And that's because fear and wealth cannot coexist, as she talked about, and that money is a source of power with, not a source of power over. Again, I know that you have been changed by this conversation. So if you have not already done so, please do me a favor and just take a quick moment and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to get our work deeper into the world so that more people can access the Move to Millions podcast and get on their own trajectory to changing the way that they see themselves and changing the way that they see money so that they can ultimately make, move, and leave millions. Thank you guys so much. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. The way I see it, you deserve a business that generates millions. We'd love to have you join us in May at Move to Millions Live to help you prepare, plan, and position your company for the million dollar mark. Visit Move to Millions event now to grab your seat. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright and to access them, You need only move. See you next time. Take care.